We all wear fashion for different reasons, some for fun and pleasure, while others are looking to make a statement and stand out, and some just want to simply fit in. But what if fashion had a deeper purpose? What if fashion could not only heal us physically and energetically, but what if fashion could enhance our entire state of being on a spiritual level? Welcome to Halfway to Hippie, the podcast where we explore different topics like spirituality, alternative forms of healing, starseeds, alternate dimensions, and so much more. Hi, I'm Annette Schmidt, your host and self-proclaimed wannabe hippie who is on a mission to answer questions like, what exactly is the fifth dimension and how do we get there? Are aliens real or is it all just a government hoax? Oh, and what about psychedelics? Are they actually safe and should we be using them? So buckle up because we are taking a trip to see just how deep the rabbit hole really goes. Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode. Today, we are going to be talking about healthy multidimensional fashion with Alyssa Couture, an author, all things fashion professional and fashion entrepreneur. Alyssa has over 15 years of fashion industry experience, and much of her current fashion work includes building and developing content for her blog zine, writing her second fashion book, and creating new digital fashion products and new services while promoting and launching her book, Healthy Fashion, The Deeper Truths. Alyssa, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you so much, Annette, for having me. Before we dive into multidimensional fashion, I first want to hear from you. What inspired you to start pursuing healthy multidimensional fashion? That's a great question. And I have gotten asked this before. And it's not, it's sort of like a lifestyle. It sort of happened gradually within my lifestyle. I started visiting and living at ashrams and monasteries uh, when I was in my 20s. And that kind of prompted me to get more into a holistic lifestyle. And once I began, um, well, prior to that, I went to fashion design school. And I, I was very introspective in a philosophical way in regards to what my um, ideas would be for fashion for my own fashion business. And I did have a small handmade fashion brand, which also prompted this book as well, because when I was designing these clothes, I was making fashions out of hemp fabric, cotton fabric, linen fabric, these plants based fabrics, which are sacred to me because plants to me is plant medicine. And I had a, a side of uh, being an herbalist. I, I As a hobby, I, I'm an herbalist. And I have delved into the metaphysics. Even when I was a teenager, I would read books uh, on uh, light light-forced, light-filled magic, not like the dark evil magic, uh, but metaphysics in a uh, very light pursuit, in a light-filled pursuit. So what uh, fashion was to me prior to about five years ago was sort of eco-fashion and sustainable fashion. That's sort of kind of like the outlet, the gateway to uh, where I was going and heading into healthy fashion. So the the nice root of sustainability and eco-fashion is that it kind of covers ground for how we can help heal the environment. But I wanted to take it a step further and bring in 
fashion as how we can heal the body with fashion and not just how we can heal the environment and planet with fashion. And once I noticed, I uh, discovered tools and ways we can heal our body with fashion, it extends itself to the environment in a very profound way. It's very, very easy to heal the environment even more so with healthy fashion than with uh, the standard eco-fashion or mainstream conventional fashion movements. So what makes it healthy fashion or what makes it multidimensional fashion compared to what we are traditionally seeing in the industry right now? Yes, that's a really good question. And so basically, we have right now with the mainstream and fashion uh, of conventional fashion, we have fashion that is going into the direction of healthy fashion. But healthy fashion is really, it is multidimensional, meaning it is fashion designed, produced, and made for the, the mental body, the emotional body, the spirit body, and the energetic body of a human. So what we're doing is we're actually bringing in a very complex, intricate way of designing clothing for the multidimensional body. And we do have a multidimensional body, just like the, the planet, the physical planet is multidimensional. Our human body is very multidimensional. And what I noticed, I will give you an example. What I notice is we're not always designing clothing for comfort. We're actually designing clothing that sacrifices a lot of our senses and a lot of uh, creates a lot of discomfort. So what I have created and is in part of the book is ergonomics for fashion, fashion ergonomics. And ergonomics is basically fashion that supports the body to enable it to be at ease and to function at a performance level that exceeds the the standard mainstream fashion, not all standard mainstream fashion. There's plenty of amazing fashion out there. I'm not trying to minimize that, but I'm just saying as a whole, 90% of the industry is uh, developing products in polyester and polyester isn't typically a ergonomic material, for example. But when I get into healthy fashion, there is many components. And multidimensionally, we're speaking about the spirit body, our spiritual self, how we can connect with our clothes in a spiritual way, and how that can enhance our mood, how it can enhance us uh, emotionally, and how it can put us into uh, new levels and states of being because what we're dealing with here is a spiritual awakening and we're also dealing with a planetary awakening and with this whole uh, ascension the planetary ascension and the healing that is going on we really have to choose to use our fashions as a vehicle and most of us do this already it's just unconscious subliminally but once we notice it and once we become more conscious of it, it's going to be enable us to use it as a tool and as a way to actually use it as a catalyst and a force of healing. Like we do similarly with exercising or with eating healthy, you know, plant-based foods. Okay. So there is so much to unpack in that. I love that so much. So 
I am wondering, as you said that it's used for healing, let's go, let's talk about that first. So when we talk about healing and you mentioned the plant-based materials, I'm wondering what are those plant-based materials that are used in fashion and what kind of healing properties do they provide? Because I know that plants each have, or from what I've heard, I should say, uh, plants each have like their own use for a specific ailment. So how can we pinpoint what material we need to use based, is that how it works or? Yes, yes, exactly. That's exactly it. And that's what I address in the book. So you're right on. Um, Basically, what it comes down to is historically, in North America alone, there were 650 different types of plants that were used in textiles. And now we're only using two. We're using, well, predominantly two, cotton and linen. So what we have to do is we have to add in more textiles, more different types of plants. And I actually uh, created a glossary of 35 very different important types of plants that we need to introduce on a mass level. Because right now it is being produced, most of them are produced on a minor level, but uh, we have to kind of bring them up and uh, escalate them uh, so that we can have a plant-based wardrobe because we really can't rely on cotton and linen. And I love cotton and linen. It supports my wardrobe. It's a, they're phenomenal plants. And what I have in the glossary is uh, I also put the characteristics um, for each plant and I include what does it do on a spiritual standpoint? What can it do on a, um, metaphysical standpoint or therapeutic level for instance the samurai warriors back in the day they would dye their undergarments with indigo which is a plant a botanical dye and they use the indigo to heal their wounds their injuries and this dye would actually absorb into their skin and it would actually treat their body. So as you're saying with the plants and the healing, the dyes, the plant dyes and the plant-based textiles are going to be a way to treat the body, uh, treat the energy body, treat the emotional body, treat the physical body, treat the energy body in, in so many ways, so many different ways. So speaking of the energy body, in your book, I know that you talk about that each of the fabrics and the dyes give off a different type of energetic, as well as you talk about like the human aura and fashion. So I'm wondering if you can expand a little bit on how that works, because in my mind too, when I think of like the human aura, I'm wondering, is it like the piece of clothing or is it the, what it's made of that affects your aura or... Yes. Okay. So I'll start with an example of there's uh, Indian Sanskrit Sanskrit terminology called tamasic uh, versus, I believe it's sattvic. Anyways, they're comparing the polyester to the cotton. And what they're saying is the polyester restricts breath and the cotton expands breath. So I still wear some polyester. I have to, I wear outer, I'm in the cold. I have to wear some outerwear. Uh, So it's not like I'm totally dissing polyester. It's something that we can use to survive in and that's perfectly fine. But as we, you know, evolve, we're going to be going 
towards more plant-based outerwear and plant-based wardrobe as a whole, holistically. But basically the cotton, for instance, because it's made out of a plant, it's oxygenating the body much more than the polyester because the polyester can restrict and kind of limit the aura because it's not as breathable as the cotton fabric. So this is just one example of how uh, how the plants work. The plants expand the aura. The, the polyester materials tend to restrict the aura to a degree. And on a conscious level, um, because I'm an energy worker and I deal with uh, as an energy healer, I, I notice it so much significantly on my own body. And what happens when I put on my winter coat, uh, it definitely keeps me warm. And that's more important to me than it restricting my aura. But what we're going to be doing is designing shapes and silhouettes and cuts that actually can also help uh, expand and strengthen the aura body, seal in the soul and the spirit, because a lot of our soul loss or, or spirit loss, we have to bring in the retrieval, the way of retrieving the soul and retrieving the spirit. And that can be through our clothing because once we harness the, the energy body and the aura, our own aura and energy body, once we harness it and seal it, uh, this any parts of soul or spirit that is missing, uh, and I say this on a shamanic level because shamanics speak about this, the, the spirit and the soul will come back. And fabrics can actually do, help help this. It can help prevent the the, the ore from leaking, uh, just by the types of materials, the the way the silhouettes are, the the colors, the types of dyes, um, the textures of the design, and how we simply just connect with our garments on a soul level. How we are enjoying and making our clothing having a you know serene healthy balanced relationship with our clothes because we are in such uh, intimate connection with our clothes similarly like we are with our food you know how we eat food and, and everything and um any kind of hobby that we have we listen to music we go out to the ocean different types of things that we do Th this is um this is another tool that we sort of have to bring into the fashion industry much more than it is now. And there, you know, there's 7 billion people out there. I know that there are fashion brands that are doing this. And, <clears throat> but what we really have to do is bring it on the mass level, bring it into the mass retailers, the ones who are dressing the masses, because that way, that way we can really uh, achieve um, healthy fashion. Do you think there's anything that's holding them back from bringing this to a mass level or is it simply just we need more people who know about it? Good question. I would say there's a level of brainwashing that's happening on this planet and there's a level of mind control that's keeping us from our connection with nature. Uh, I felt it in my own life. You know, when I go outside in the woods, I just... I, I could never connect with nature to the, to the degree that I wanted to. I'd go out to the ocean and somehow I was being pulled. 
I was being pulled away from nature. So when we wear a plant, we're bringing this sacred connection and this plant medicinal connection to our lives. And when we see the masses, uh, us, our collective energy, uh, 90% of the apparel industry is polyester. So that alone is creating a disturbance because for one, polyester is non-renewable. And it's kind of making, it may be possibly making us sick only because of the lack of breathability and the types of chemicals that are being brought into the materials. Um, like I said, I'm not going to say that it's causing sickness or disease. I am saying it could definitely harm the body in lesser or more degrees. That's just not by conclusion. That's by st case studies and science that I have uh, looked up. And it is uh, part of my research that I have found. So as you had said, I, I think that your question was, well, wh why are the masses continuing to do this? And I do believe that because of the spiritual ascension that's happening, we're going to naturally evolve into this. We're going to be naturally evolving into this more plant-based, multi-dimensional wardrobe. And, and it's going to be an exciting and an inspiring opportunity for all of us because it's just going to be one more tool for us to really uh, bring ourselves into um, the new dimension, the golden age. And it's interesting, the wording you use there, the fact that we're going to use it as a tool, because I also wanted to talk to you today about fashion being used as a statement when it comes to energetics. And I'm going to use this as an example, and this is not to say that you agree or disagree with the message that was that was provided. But when we look at the controversial Met Gala dress, right, the tax the rich dress, or even just all the other outfits, I think Kim Kardashian, yeah, she had one. So when we look at fashion being used as a statement in that way, when it comes to celebrity status, how does that come into play with being used as a tool? What are your thoughts on it? And when it comes to also energetics as well? Well, I, so I have a, an unusual perspective on celebrities and fashion and the Met Gala. And I did hear that there are some secret sites, secret societies involved in the Met Gala. And I believe some of these fashions are abstract and artistic to the degree that we have to enjoy them because it's, it's, it's creative, it's creativity. But actually, if you would believe me or not, and this is a little bit bizarre, but I do believe that some of the garments at the Met Gala are being used as a form of creativity, but also a way to let's just say the secret societies are kind of harvesting and stealing from stealing ideas the creative energy from the the life force and i don't have any problem well i do have a problem with hollywood i think it's very tainted and it's very dark and evil and but also there's when you look at the Met Gala and you look at these costumes and designs, you can't help but feel happy and excited and you, ha you have to enjoy them. And that's because they're tapping into the life force. They're tapping into the energy that a lot of people don't have access to because it has been stolen or taken from us. And so 
I don't know if I answered your question completely. Well, well I, I think you did. The other part of the question was just kind of, I think in general then, how do you feel about fashion being used as a statement? And then if, yeah, oh, and yes. if the Met Gala, if that is more like of an energy sucking, that's what I'm hearing you say, it's more of like an energy sucking kind of way to have, make a statement. What's a way we can make a statement in our everyday lives with fashion without that yes. same effect, like it, it, to be more positive. Yeah. And you just nailed it by saying it's an energy sucking because we're all looking at the Met Gala and we're just admiring these costumes to a degree that it's almost inappropriate. It's not really, it's not like giving and taking. We're not receiving something. We're actually giving something from us and energy for us because it's something that we desire and want in our own life, but we can't really even tap on it. So they're tapping onto energies that are not even of their own. And it's the elite force, the elite force. I don't know if, not everybody knows about it, but there's an elite force in, in fashion also. I've seen it in the runway shows. It's not it's a sensitive top topic but what we can gather beyond uh, you know what we can do what can, we can wear we can be just as poetic just as advanced even more advanced because if you look at some of the types of materials they're using you don't even want to bother <laughs> but we can be that we can have that approach that artistic approach because it is it does have some form of enlightenment to it there's no question because it speaks, it communicates, it, it's very uh, enlightening um, to, to have design at that level. So yes, I would agree that we do have to still be inspired as much as it could be a energy sucking type of venture, the Met Gala, it is also inspiring because it, it, it is of life, what, what they're tapping into. Absolutely. And also, too, I'm wondering then, because I feel I feel like fashion, it gives you this level of confidence, but then in the spiritual world and your your idea of healthy fashion and multidimensional fashion, I love it because it marries, you know, that spirituality into it. And in the spiritual world, it's hard to make sure that you're not having your ego it, like it's hard to decipher your ego from you know your pure heart, your pure thought. So I'm wondering how can we do that in fashion as well to make sure that the confidence that it's giving us isn't from an ego standpoint. Yes, you're you're definitely into fashion. It's it's very clear, and you really know you have a knowing, and that's what I like, and that's actually what I spoke about in my book. What you just said, I I spoke about how there's an ego realm and then there's a spiritual realm and I'll talk about the archetypes how we we look at fashion and we see you know that okay this person's a jock and we could actually be offended that person could actually be offended by being called a jock it's it's coming from a realm where we're not really approaching fashion in an enlightening way and in a form of awareness so instead of saying the jock we can look at the jungian archetypes and we can see that he's actually an adventurer because the the, the jock is the stereotype and the style genre is the jock but when you bring it into the level of the archetype uh, that type of clothing represents the adventurer. So we can see how we can transform fashion into a deeper way, a deeper realm in a less egotistical, stereotypical way. There's a lot of, you know, we, we perceive junk and people think it's so shallow and so materialistic. And we can also 
feel like we are uh, dressing and, and it's it's sort of to attract and it's not it's in an egotistical realm it's not like we are trying to do it for us and that's where there, there's an ego type of fashion where we're dressing for others and we're not really dressing for ourselves and when we're dressing for others we're kind of lost. We don't, we don't really know what we're doing and it, it gets kind of confusing. So when we dress for ourselves, that's when we're bringing the soul and the spirit into our fashion. That's when we're feeling comfortable. And I've, I've will admit I've sacrificed for fashion. I've worn things and they've been uncomfortable and they've, you know, just to look attractive, but it never really helped me. Uh, you know, it, it only really got me through the day or night or wherever I was for the occasion. So as you approached this, this question you said about the ego and fashion, I do talk about, and when I say uh, with ego, it can actually evolve into the dark arts, because there can be forms of fashion that are connected to the dark arts, and the demonic realms, the evil realms, and I know that this is quite (laughs) bizarre to talk about, but it really can be a portal. The fashion can be a portal to hell or or could be a portal to the divine realms. So, and I, okay. So I have to ask then what are your thoughts on when you see the fashion and maybe even beyond that, just kind of the aesthetic of the different music videos where you see them used like at the devil. And it, and honestly, when you're talking about that, what came to mind, again, whichever side of the fence you're on, it doesn't matter. But what came to mind was those sneakers that, who was it, Little Nas made? I don't know if you saw those that had the drops of human blood in it. Oh my goodness. Oh, Yo, no. you didn't see that. Didn't, no. Okay, so you'll have to look it up after this. But yeah, it was a very controversial, controversial um story news story just all just out there because he made sneakers that had 666 on them um they had he said human blood uh just a minuscule amount but a little bit of human blood in them and he ended up he ended up redoing a pair of nikes so it ended up getting blown up even bigger into a bigger story because Nike then, of course, was getting the backlash because people thought Nike was supporting this and they weren't. It's just that he wholesale bought shoes from Nike, edited or redid oh, them, edited them, okay. redid them and made them this very, you know, but again, it's it's very artistic. So people were almost, I feel like, admiring it, knowing yeah. though that like this is kind of bizarre I guess you would say. Yes. Yes. No, the, the blood is very cult. It's very, very cult-like. And when you said the 666, that is the symbol of the devil. And the blood, I remember they were, um, this is going to alarm you. They took Alexander, Mc, after Alexander McQueen, the fashion designer in London, died. They took his DNA, they took a piece of his skin, and they were uh, mutating it. And they were bio, bio, biologically engineering his DNA and turning it into human Oh, like, I had a feeling, I don't know why when it, you were for, saying that, I had a feeling you were going to say, like, human skin, like, skin. Like, yes, human skin, human leather. They were turning leather bags into human, into Alexander McQueen's skin. So they were bioengineering his his skin and took his DNA and then they were they were selling the leather and I don't know if they're still doing it today but that reminded me when you talked about the blood of uh, 
the artist. What I was think it was name? Lil Nas. If it's not listeners, yeah, I apologize. But I think I'm pretty sure it was Lil Nas. Yeah. I think. Yeah. So, so yeah, that to me is sacrificial. It could be some kind of cult like activity, but yes, it's be, it is bizarre. It's beyond bizarre. I think it's a little bit, uh, not healthy. I, I think it's, it's not, um, but yeah, I can see the artistic point of it. Yes. As an artist, I, I can see how it would be artistic, but that's what they do. They, they get you with the creativity because everybody are, everybody has a create creative sense to them. So they, they get you with it. They, they get you with it. Yeah. And that's, it's so wow. interesting that you said that they were creating skin of the leather too, because now I'm just thinking that we're in such an advanced age where do we really need to be spending resources on making DNA into leather leather bags or leather skin <laughs> or could we be using those resources for you know something else like we can do so many like so many other things to advance health and health care versus yes. and I feel like that's the ego right <laughs> like what you're talking about right there yes. like people want to own yes. a piece of this person yes it's it's dangerous it's I think it's a little bit scary and it's is uh, it is unreal I, I don't know it's something that I can't relate with personally I think it's a little bit strange and maybe dirty a little so how I know you talk about too how fashion can be a shield for protection so can after speaking about all of that can you share a little <laughs> bit about how then we can use fashion as a way to protect ourselves and maybe even the mental side of uh, setting boundaries as well Yes. And our clothing, and it's really, it comes from an intuitive level because our fashion is, is a reflection of our inside. Well, sometimes it can also be an escape and we can just, you know, change it how we want to, but we, we are force fields and we have many vortexes in our body and we have meridians and we have all of this energy in our body. So we're kind of like walking channels and clothing can become the channel and it can be also the, the guard, the, the armor. And I, I approach it as whether it be the silhouette, the materials, the dyes, the design, the colors of the, the piece that we wear it can truly be a force of protection. It can truly be a force of boundaries. It can truly protect us in ways emotionally, physically, spiritually, energetically. And it really is a personal thing. It's, it's what you're drawn to. It's what types of clothing you're attracted to that can really make this happen. I also believe that um, when we talk about like the supernatural and the divine, when we dress in clothes that say have properties that are divine, that are uh, spiritual, that are po so positive, this is also going to uh, remove the the negativity. Um, crystals, for instance, I know silver and gold are in crystals. Those are types of jewelries we can wear. I know the plants, the plants, uh, the plant materials, the cellulose, that is one form of material that acts as a force field of protection. And we also, in order to keep our clothing well and healthy, uh, we have to also clear them and purify them because 
Many times clothing acts as a sponge and it will pick up negative energies and absorb them. So what we have to do is we have to either spray them down if we don't want to launder them. We can spray them down with essential oils or we can put them in the laundry with uh, hypoallergenic laundry detergents with uh, potentially essential oils. We could sage burn them. We could burn them with sage. We could also use sea salt and vinegars, and that also acts as a purification for the clothes. So when we purify our body, we can also purify our clothes with these types of ingredients that will uh, help protect the body. Yeah. That is, I'm so glad you shared on how to purify it because when you were just now talking about energy and clothing, I actually had a thought come to mind about what about vintage clothing or what about used clothing? Because even though it may be made out of polyester or cotton, I would guess then there's probably some vibes that are coming with it from the previous owners. Is that right? Yes. I mean, I go into thrift stores and I'm a magnet to it because I, I'm sort of an empath and an energy worker. So if I go into a thrift store, I'm just like getting filled up with all of these energies. And it's kind of a mess, to be honest with you. I love thrift shopping, but that's like the worst part of it. So yes, I, I would agree. As soon as you buy your thrift clothes, put them in the water, you know, put them in the into the with the soaps and the sea salts or the vinegars or the hydrogen peroxide because all of those act as agents to pure and clear the energy not just the debris and dirt that is such good advice and I am with you when I go into thrift store I don't know if it's a sensory thing for me or if it's maybe that that I'm just like but when I go in I feel overloaded like as soon as I walk in and even to the clothing section like I can't like it just feels a little chaotic. Like, is that it? Yes. You're picking oh up on gosh. it. You're picking up on all the energies, all the, all the residual energies, all the residual emotions that were trapped into the fibers. Yes. Oh my goodness. And I'm like, I have my own chaotic energy. Okay. <laughs> like, I, need, <laughs> I need some space. So I wanted to also talk about, you talk about the discriminating more fashion and how it's a universal love language. So could you share just a little bit more about that? I don't want you to give away all the good stuff of the book. And I know there's so, so much good stuff in your book, but could you share just <laughs> a little bit more about what, what you're, what you're speaking of there? Yes. So, well, w- this is a little bit of a sensitive subject also, but I have to talk about it because, you know, it, it's something that we all think about anyways. And with universal fashion, what I'm trying to to get to is bring everybody on a collective force, a collective energy of, of fashion, a collective trend. So we don't all have to dress in the same types of, you know, uh, products. But a lot of the the uh, underdeveloped countries, they're wearing costumes and they're not really wearing fashion. They're wearing traditional garb, and it's sort of um, they're not getting the, getting the tools also. And a lot of these, uh, a lot of our fashion industry, the textile manufacturers, they're not getting the proper tools and manufacturing in order to make it be less labor on them. So what we have to do is we have to develop the countries that are underdeveloped. We have to bring them fashion um, that is no longer... um, costume because and I'm not saying they they all have to dress like um, Europeans and Americans that's not my approach my approach is 
there's it is somewhat um not it, it's they're, they're closing themselves in as a bubble they're not opening up to the world mm-hmm. um and we have evolved and advanced america and some parts of you know all over the world you, you know countries all over the world have advanced but there are some underdeveloped countries that are not getting they're not getting help they're not getting uh they're not evolving at a rate that where they need to and this could be uh partly um i i don't think it's i think it could be evil i i don't think that they they're it could be cult-like as well when they all have to wear the same costume the same traditional garb and this isn't a diss on their country and their lifestyle and everything. It, it goes, it's on a deeper level because where we want to advance, we all want to dress together. We all kind of want to bring fashion into a supernatural level where we all kind of, we dress alike, but we don't. We wear all cultures. We, we bring in all cultures together. We wear everybody's fashions and we wear all of the different types of archetypes. We, we have to share and bring fashion into a way where it can communicate in a universal communication. Like we can all talk to each other similarly through our way of dress. Absolutely. And a lot of what I heard you say when you were explaining that too is giving people the opportunity and the choice when it comes to fashion like you said like we're not saying you have to dress like western european but if you want to like why not why don't you have the same opportunity that westerners have or that more developed countries have that's that's i would say i 100 percent agree with that yeah Thank you. Yes. It's and it's not always easy to talk about, but it's something that we have to address. I am pro-choice for everything. Yes. <laughs> I will say, absolutely. I am pro-choice. I support you in what you want to do, That's regardless good. of what it is. And I want everyone to have their own choice that they get to make. Exactly. Yes. But so what are some of your thoughts then on the type of consequences we could have if we don't continue down the road of creating healthy fashion, because I feel like the more and more I look at just the media, the world, just the way things are starting to evolve, that we are really at this point, this tipping point, right? Where we're having people more, more and more people are awakening, but it almost seems like just as many people are still stuck in that superficial ego, you know, money driven part of the world as well so what are the consequences you see if we don't go down that healthy fashion road yes and this is there's a lot of answers to this and I'll tell you a few of them that are the most important and one of them being is we have this a serious uh problem with waste and that's because it's we're using polyester and polyester is a quick easy non-labor intensive way of producing fabric but it's brutal on the environment and it's not good for the body and so we're all wearing this plastic and everybody's celebrating plastic and it's just a mess it's a nightmare um i like to compare it to sort of 
the more naturalistic ways of living where everyone composts, everyone's using biodegradable products, everyone's doing all these things, but then we're going to be wearing polyester and it's going to be a non-renewable resource that actually does not biodegrade. It's like we're kind of like we're conflicting in our choices and everything. But I see this this sewage, our sewage systems are not supposed to happen. We have these gross sewage systems with all these polluting the planet with all these huge landfills. We should be burning our clothes. And if we wear plant-based fabrics, we can burn our plants and it's not going to harm the earth. There's been studies and tests shown that burning is not a bad thing. And we could be biodegrading them and chipping them and planting them into the earth with no problem. But with all this polyester, we're creating a serious mess and it's just creating a really ugly planet. We're filling all of these landfills up with all of this plastic clothes and it's not going to biodegrade. You know, we're, we're using up all of these systems with the toxic waste systems are going into the oceans and the, the plastics are going into our sea creatures and we're actually uh, ingesting our polyester fibers through our mouths and to, to, there's been studies shown of, of being tested and found in feces, to be honest with you. Well, but, and now with COVID and we're yes. wearing polyester masks, I would yeah. imagine we're probably ingesting it even more, which I'm not saying yeah. I'm anti-mask, but I'm saying we may need to be more aware of the material we're choosing for our mask. Yes, it's true. And, you know, I think that with all of what's going on with today, with all of these you know, there's a lot of nasty clothes out there. There's a lot of filthy, filthy garbage out there. But there's a lot of also healthy, healthy, healthy style genres, healthy clothes. And we really have to just start bringing the sustainable. We have to really launch the sustainable realm into the healthy realm because there's a lot of uh, brands that are saying, you know, let's wear all of these recycled plastic bottles. Let's turn all of these recycled plastic bottles into leggings and to swimsuits. And it, it, if we keep using recycled plastic bottles, it's a vicious cycle and we're going to keep making pl- plastic bottles to recycle them. It, it's not, it's not like we're doing a, a, a really great thing with that. So I hope I didn't get off topic with what you were talking about. No, I think that is absolutely on topic because it's almost like when they're saying, like you said, let's make leggings out of these materials that we're using. It's it's like we're treating a symptom. Yes. Why don't we just not use plastic bottles in the first place? And I think that also goes to show that there's a lot of greenwashing just in the world in general. And it, again, it unfortunately comes back down to profit because yeah. people are willing to say that this is renewable it's good for the planet good for you without actually having to give the claims and the evidence to support it right they're going to put those pretty light green neutral colors on their materials or on their branding and it's not it's again just a symptom that you're we're, we're just we need to go back a few steps in the process and treat that root cause of what's happening yes I I agree with you 100%. And when I talk about fashion that's feeding the ego, a lot of the ready-to-wear industry, 
you know, it's not just about plastic. They're designing clothes that are uh, communicating a language that not everybody can speak. So there's a communication thing that's going on and they are apparently the authority of fashion. And I'm not saying every ready to wear brand is doing this, but many ready to wear brands, because they are the inspiration influence to all fashion industry, they have a responsibility. But what they're doing is they're kind of using control. They're kind of using strong emotions of domination and fear. And this approach is kind of cutting a lot of society off and making them feel that they don't feel that they can be a part or be belong to fashion and it's a really sad thing so there's a lot there is a lot of corruption in in the fashion industry that I don't necessarily like to talk about but it's something that has to be talked about because it has to be addressed you know we all have to address it yeah, absolutely. Alyssa, this was fantastic. You shared so much great information. I cannot thank you enough for coming on the show. So for listeners who want to pick up your book so they can learn even more about healthy multidimensional fashion and they want to follow you or if they have questions, where can they find you in your book? Oh, okay. well, I've enjoyed this conversation. Thank you so much. And I just wanted to add, if you did want to look up my book, uh, you can go to my website at www.hf as in healthyfashioncampaign.com, so hfcampaign.com, or you can go to Barnes & Noble's, IndieBound. Um, I have about 35 different bookstores all around the world that are selling my book. Uh, so you can just Google search Healthy Fashion, The Deeper Truths, and it will pop up. Awesome. Congratulations on your book, and I will make sure to include all of those links in today's show notes. Thank you so much again. Thank you so much, Annette. So what are your thoughts on multidimensional fashion? Is it a way for us to stay healthy and aid in our spiritual awakening? And what about where we're at as a society? Are we ready to move forward and transcend our ego? Or are we still being dragged down by fear and greed? Let me know your thoughts by leaving a review or sending me a DM on Instagram at halfway.to.hippie.